everybody, and thanks again for taking the time to tune in to Upstream Podcast, brought to you by Exodus Church in Bloomington. Hi, my name is Mike Richardson. As always, setting across the table for me is my good friend, Matt Nussbaum, pastor of Exodus Church in Bloomington. Matt, last week, kind of tore it up on hitting this, uh, you know, woke issue. It was a great, great podcast, and we're going to piggyback on the back of that. And so I'll let you take off and talk a little bit about how you see this woke issue when trying to balance out truth and grace. You were holding up yeah. these posters, yeah, ago, yeah, which yeah, is really yeah. funny. I, obviously, they're not going to translate on the podcast, but maybe you can shake them in front of the microphone and let people yeah, know yeah, you. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, take off on that. So the whole frame of this whole series is Jesus wants us to wake up. So we use the, 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 the woke term from what the culture because being woke does mean to be aware, be aware of inconsistencies, be aware of injustice. But our primary priority is not to be awoke to the culture first. Our primary is to be awoke and to wake up to the spirit of Jesus first. But we deal, we have to deal with these issues. We have to engage this. So I have I have in front of me a, a, a picture of a bunch of different bumper stickers. One of them is a, <laughs> one of them is a uh, Black Lives Matter bumper sticker. One of them is a Stop the Gun Violence bumper sticker. One's a uh, Pride bumper sticker for uh, gay lesbian rights. One right. of them is a, a bumper sticker for transsexual rights. One of them is a bumper sticker about the DREAM Act, kind of in, in, uh, indicating immigrants. And, the, and those kind of issues bring all kinds of emotional responses from all kinds of people. Correct. I mean, whether you're for or against it, those bumper stickers, what they represent. And so then, so if we, if we only look at those through the framework of, okay, how do we be woke about these issues? We will miserably fail and just simply uh, coexist with the culture in a way that's going to be dangerous. All right. Yes. But if we look at those issues, instead of saying, I'm going to be woke, we look at the issues too. Okay. Jesus wants us to wake up. Now those issues are different because now we're talking about people because Jesus always wanted to wake up us to wake up to the people around us. He wanted to wake up to our own hypocrisy. We still have to deal with these issues, but we have to be awake to Jesus on these issues. So this week is another foundational week. We'll start dealing with these issues specifically, whether it's, like I said, GLBT issues, uh, other world religion issues, um, racial issues. We'll deal with those individually, but I want to set another foundation this week of who is who is Jesus in this sense? What was he like, and how do we wake up to Jesus on these issues? Excellent. So here's and here's three assumptions. I'll start with these three assumptions, and I'll, I may repeat these every week. Assumption number one is this: this is not a culture war issue. It's not us against the culture. Mm-hmm. It's not me against the bumper stickers. What it is, it's me looking upward to Jesus and asking him, what do you say to me about these issues? Okay. Because if it's just me against, and I'm hitting my fists together, if it's just me against the culture, then it's just this fight. It's me against the culture, and we, we it becomes this culture war thing. That's not what Jesus is interested in. What it is is I have to then look up, listen to Jesus, ask Jesus, what is it you are saying to me? What did you say on these issues? What are you saying to me on these issues? All right. Mm-hmm. That's assumption number one. Assumption number two involves three statements. We're going to ask tough questions. We're going to think deeply. And by thinking deeply, I mean we're going to use the Bible as our source for thinking deeply. But this last one, which sometimes we leave out, we wouldn't say, we're going to love widely. We're going to figure out how do we love people well? Jesus was phenomenal at loving broken people. Phenomenal. Right. right. I mean, they, they flocked to him. Yes. Prostitutes, down, you know, tax collectors, sexually immoral people and all kinds of, they flocked to him. So we, we have to love 
widely, but we also have to balance that with thinking deeply, thinking biblically. But to do that, we have to ask hard questions. We have to you know, challenge ourselves. That's assumption number two. Assumption number three is this. I'm going to ask all of you, myself included, to consider how the Holy Spirit may ask you to take a posture shift. And I'll explain that more in a limited Okay, because I was going to ask, what does he well, mean by that? So okay. I'll, I'll, a posture shift is where you are right now and how you deal with these issues. I'm guessing, unless Jesus is listening to the podcast, nobody's Jesus out there. So none of us have perfectly understood how to think deeply and love widely on this. So as you listen to this, as we always do when we listen to to, to, to Scripture and listen to Jesus, he will challenge us to shift one way or the other on some issues. Mm-hmm. Not away from the Bible, not away from it, but more like him. Okay. So to do that, uh, the primary passage, the only passage that I want to talk about during this podcast is from John chapter 1. When John describes Jesus, he talks about Jesus coming onto the scene and he says, The Word became flesh, the Word became human, and he made his home among us. And then he makes this statement. John says, He was full of grace and truth. Hmm. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The law was given through Moses, but God's grace and truth, he repeats it again, came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, Jesus, who himself is God, is near to the Father's heart. He's revealed God to us. So he, in him being full of grace and truth, he's revealed the heart of God to us on how to deal with any issue our culture throws at us or our life throws at us. So what does it mean then, the question, Mike, is okay, Jesus was full of grace and truth. He, he was, he still is. So what is he telling us about how do we deal with these issues? Again, I'll say these people, because they're people. Because they're not just left. issues. They're right. not issues, they're people, but how do we deal with them with this perfect blend of Jesus of grace and truth? He didn't put on his truth hat and then put on his grace hat. He was always both at the same time. Yes. So if you can imagine, if you're listening, if you can imagine on one end of the room you're sitting in on your right side to have a big red sign that says truth, and on your left side a big red sign that says grace. And uh, you're right in the middle. You're sitting where Jesus would be sitting because he's the balance of both. But my guess is if you're like me, you lean toward one of the, you wear more of a truth hat or more of a grace hat. More So let me just describe these people to you. So if you're a truth person, if you're like, okay, I'm full of truth, Jesus was truth, you know, we always say, you've often heard people say, we got to take a stand for the truth, all right? Yeah, of course. So right. here's the truth people. Truth people are easy to admire. They have convictions and principles. They believe in right and wrong. They set standards. They speak out against things. They're articulate. They're well-spoken. But truth without grace can become excuse for being judgmental and harsh. Pharisees, right? Pharisees. Truth people without grace are loyal to their cause, but we really wonder if they're loyal to us. Uh, they're quick to cast judgment on others. This is, again, I'm not saying truth is this way, but if you're just a truth person and you don't have the grace of Jesus, quick to be, uh, quick to make decisions, quick to cast judgment. They inspire, truth people inspire us with their courage, but they turn us off with their intimidation and they never help us become who we should be. So that's the Pharisees. That's the perfect description of the Pharisees. Right. They knew the truth. They, they could articulate doctrine and right behavior to the core. But again, truth without grace isn't really the kind of truth that Jesus embodies. So that's truth people. So then the other, other extreme, and some of you might be truth people, and it's a continuum. Imagine like a number line. I used to teach math, so imagine a number line. On the other end, we have grace people. All right, Grace people are pleasant to be around. They don't ruffle feathers, cut us a lot of, a lot of slack. 
They're easygoing. They accept us where we are. They don't make demands. They're always welcoming. But without truth, grace isn't really grace. It's just being accepting and nice. And being grace-filled is not the same thing as being nice to people. So grace people without truth are pleasant to be around, but we wonder if they really like us or they're just trying to be liked because they're tolerant. They know that they don't often they don't know the difference often between right and wrong, or they don't really care to line up one way or the other because they they care about what people think about them. So grace people wow. they, they they accept us for who we are, but they like truth people never help us become who we should be. So I want you to imagine that continuum, and you're somewhere on the continuum. Please be honest. You're not in the center. None of us are except Jesus. I lean toward the truth side. I can be in my bad, in my bad, <laughs> bad part of my heart. Right. I have a good heart. That I can be quickly judgmental, and I forget that I'm talking about people. Yeah. So as much as I would say I don't want to line up with the Pharisees, if we're honest, some of us we would have we would have had one of those silly hats on if we would have lived then. So maybe, <laughs> maybe. So, but so the the posture shift I'm talking about is. I think Jesus wants me to make a posture shift toward how do I love better people? How do I love more widely toward people? I don't let go of the truth. Please don't hear me say that. You don't drop the truth. But how do you have truth and love? So think about this for a second. Think about Jesus uh, when he dealt with the woman who was about ready to be stoned for adultery. Mm -hmm. All right. The truth people, the Pharisees, they had stones in their hands. I'm guessing the woman was probably weeping because she thought I'm done. Right. You know? Jesus intervenes, engages conversation. Hey, whoever's out with sin, you cast the first stone. Jesus knew the law. He knew the Old Testament law. Adulterer was stoned. They were the truth people. And, and then they all left. And then Jesus said to the woman, where did your accusers go? And she said, they're gone. He said, well, I'm not going to condemn you either. And then he said, go and sin no more. So he kept the truth that, yes, Adultery is not God's best design for your joy and happiness. As a matter of fact, it will destroy you. But neither will I. Then, but he also had this incredible tenderness and grace toward this woman. He saved her life. Yeah. But he wasn't, he didn't wag his finger at her. He didn't scream at her. He was full of grace and truth in that interaction in a way that I think is beautiful. I was like, I, that's the Jesus I want to follow. So that's one of the Samaritan woman who Jesus meets her at the well and you have all kinds of racial issues because he should never have talked to a Samaritan anyway, let alone a woman, let alone a woman by herself. But, you know, she's kind of playing all these doctrinal games about Samaritans because they had they had goofy doctrine and didn't understand things correctly. Jesus didn't play the doctrine game. He didn't play the truth game. He kind of went to the he loved her and then he challenged her about, well, go tell your husband. And she's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, ah, you're right. You're only like husband number five or six by now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'm, I'm using a mocking tone. Jesus didn't do that. But he, he called her on it. He called her on the truth. But yet he was incredibly tender with her. And she's like, oh, my goodness. She started getting friends. Come see the man that told me everything I did. He told me the truth, but he obviously told it in a posture of, of tenderness and kindness that she listened to. And then what? The whole village becomes evangelized. Right. So but so Jesus embodied both well. And you you listening to me, you're either leaning toward the grace and you're you want people to like you nothing wrong with that but it's wrong but then you leave the truth out or you lean toward truth and you don't love people well i'm challenging us all to make a posture shift toward the center where jesus is the perfect blend of both you do not let go of grace you do not let go of truth they merge together and they blend together in a way that only can be blended in jesus 
outstanding. Because I was listening to that, I was thinking, you know, most of the time, the church people that lean heavily on the truth side, we feel it necessary to tell people the truth. But when we're dealing with because we love them, because we do love them, yeah, we do. No, I mean, I maybe think, we do, maybe, maybe not. We do, but yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe we genuinely do. Yeah, but we feel it necessary to reiterate the truth. What what Jesus did with this the woman that I was just thinking about this, he clearly thought that what she had been done, but accused of, was a sin because he told her go and sin, sin no more. No more. But did she need to know that she was a sinner? Do you really think an adulterous woman that that's what she has to do? Maybe she's been forced into that kind of lifestyle, whatever. Does she need to be told she's an adulterer? Yeah. I think she knew it. Yeah. yeah. She knew it and he he stated it, but he stated it in a way that seemed it was after he had rescued her from condemnation. Exactly. After he had rescued yes. her from accusers. Then he states it, and she was totally ready to hear it then. Uh, but I love He the, didn't lead off with that. No, no, exactly. But I love it when the, the grace people, they just, they want, they, they're they happy that her life was saved, but they would have been happier if Jesus would have said the, don't, the, the sin thing. You probably could let that out because she already knows it. But yeah. he just reiterated it, you see? And that's Same powerful, Matt. Samaritan woman at the well. He, Same thing. He, he, yes. he called her on her immorality of having multiple husbands and her being deceptive about things. But he, he did it in a way where she, you can tell in the conversation she feels drawn to him. Like there's something about he he didn't he didn't punch her in the face with the truth. No, and I'm, glove. I'm like you. I'm like you. I I'm not convinced he wasn't a little sarcastic. Winked at her and says, "You're right." Yeah, you sarcastic, are, <laughs> but not mocking. Not mocking. He, exactly. he, he might have been kind of playing with her, and she's like, "Oh, he got me. He got, he got me. me." Right, right, right. But I but I think the whole you know that Jesus is full of grace and truth. So again. Think about these issues. I want you to think about people you know that maybe are really engaged in the Black Lives Matter, or people you know that are really supportive of of GLBTQ plus causes, or people in those lifestyles. Think about them as people that need grace and they need Jesus. Mm -hmm. They don't need you to make truth proclamations. They don't need you to make Santa Claus grace proclamations. Because both of them are both of them are partial truths that actually lead to death yes the pharisees truth hats led to death the grace open you know all the all the income free that you know book of galatians and other things in the bible people talk you know the churches that tolerated sexual immorality and revelation that led to death yes but when they both when the spirit of jesus is in us in the fullness of his grace and truth we learn to engage with people as people who jesus loves but he also uh, speaks truth to them. Outstanding, outstanding. So my my last thing I'll say is this: most of us, if we have struggled with this, it's because I think this is true about me. I, I, I'm assuming it's true most. Most of us, uh, our our lack of balance of grace and truth, because we don't understand that in our own connection with God. Maybe we see God as heavy on truth or heavy on grace, and we need a fresh, uh, a fresh fresh renewal of our friendship with Jesus. We need to experience maybe his grace. There are some people listening to me that you've done things that have been awful and nobody knows about. And you said, boy, if people knew the sins I've committed, they, they would never let me into the church again. But you need a, a fresh, uh, a fresh dose of the mercy and grace of Jesus. He loves you. Nothing you've done mm. has separated you from him. But there's also people listening that you just don't want 
I don't want to have the hard conversation. I don't want Jesus to challenge. Maybe you're in something's you're maybe you're doing something in your life where you know absolutely it's something Jesus told you to stop doing or start doing, and you're just ignoring him. Mm-hmm. You need to respond to his tender, loving, bold, courageous correction mm-hmm. because he only has for you life on the other side. He's not trying to kill the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give you abundant life. So whether he's challenging you in your own life. To, to experience more of his grace or worth. He's challenging you for some correction toward truth. He's doing it for your well-being, your life, and your joy. Outstanding. Another well-done podcast, Matthew. Thanks. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening to Upstream. We're going to continue this theme running for a few weeks on being woke. And then next week, I understand, Matt, you're going to actually start delving into individual topics. Yeah, the topics. next few weeks, it'll be white privilege, racism, uh put the LGBTQ plus into a couple different weeks because there's some multiple issues there. But again, always grounding and starting off with the teaching of Jesus and asking him, okay, what do you, we want to wake up to your spirit. Yes. Jesus. What are you saying to us through what you've already said in scripture? And how are you going to use that to direct us to love well and think well? Outstanding. Hey, this has been Upstream. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.